Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your host, Patrick Egan, and as we always do, it's time to introduce our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. You know, Patrick, I just love that opening tune there, man. It's so catchy. It makes me want to dance. I know. I was thinking about changing it, but then I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I love that. And it's we've been doing it now for what is it like five years or something almost. So, it seems like a long time, yeah. It's kind of ingrained, um, yeah. And uh, you know, so this we're we're in the uh, month of December here. Well, almost tomorrow. So we're a little yeah, we're like uh, once of the month tomorrow. Yeah. All right, ghost of Christmas future or something. But anyway, um, yeah, I want to talk today about uh, some. You know, forecasting for 2018 and, and things that you see. I mean, it's a tumultuous time. There's lots going on. Did you watch the um, House Transportation Subcommittee hearing yesterday? I watched all two hours of that stuff. Did yeah. you? You know, I got I, it got to the point, like, people were tweeting me, and, oh, my God, can you believe this? And, oh, what a train wreck. And then, to be honest... At a certain point, I just had to turn it off. I just I, It was making me physically sick. I couldn't take it anymore. And it might sound dramatic, but, you know, I mean, some of the stuff that was being tossed out there by, like, uh, the guy from AUVSI, there's a pilot shortage. I, you know, where, where does he live, you know, in Fairy Trail Town or something? I mean, people are, are clamoring for jobs. It's hard to get jobs, and if you do find jobs, they're, they're um, low-paying. And then uh, also I thought, uh, you know, I will say that I, I believe that these guys on the, uh, in the House are coming up to speed on the warts and bumps of the drone industry. What do you think? Uh, you know, there were some comments there, though, that just really made me afraid, and, and it really showed just exactly how little they know about what's going on out here. You know, my old thing is, is you don't know what you don't know. And those folks are just finding out now how much they don't know about this stuff. Yeah, I, there, there is some of that. But I will say somebody's feeding them questions because they put uh, Mr. Elwell in the hot seat with uh, oh, did the DAC. Oh, and you can tell he wasn't a happy camper. He was like, oh, man. And then and there was, uh, you know, Earl Lawrence like, <laughs> and there, and, you know, because I mean, he knew right off the bat. He's like, "Oh, you must be talking about Task Group One," 
And, uh, you know, after those WAPO articles uh, and the mayor's letter and all the rest of that stuff, I mean, to be honest, I can't believe they're just going to shut the DAC down and head for the hills. It's just so bad, the optics on that one. But whatever, you know, what do I know? I'm, uh, you know, I, I will I will have to say I was surprised at the Honorable Miss Napolitano there, uh, you know, the, the gray-haired lady. She was actually <laughs> – she kind of drove in on on them, Mr. Elwell, pretty hard there, and and she kept it up. She was not going to take any sort of nonsense off of them, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, at least she seemed like she had done her homework on the deal. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, a lot of people now are actually getting fed questions. Some of them are asked to grind questions. Some of them are, you know, throwing out some softballs. Uh, all the rest of that. I mean, you know, you're getting to the point where uh, I think you have to be careful on who you associate with. with. And that leads kind of into the new news stories. I mean, you're probably seeing this, too. I mean, I I have to say that uh, the rebuttals that DJI is doing to, you know, it's like a growing list. You've got the Aeroscope. You've got, you know, server security, the bug bounty program. uh, you know, the ICE document, which they're just going bananas on that. I mean, uh, I saw, you know, the URL for the Fast Company story was uh, basically DJI saying to the Trump administration, your, 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 your accusations are insane or whatever. I mean, how with, – with stuff like that, I mean, how do they plan to work with, with uh, FAA and DOT? And Chow, I mean, the new guy at FAA is, uh, you know, he's a, he was appointed by Trump. Chow, Trump, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's doing the PR over there, but, I mean, you know, I, I'll say some uh, off-the-wall stuff now and again. You know me for a long time. But, I mean, that is just like full frontal attack on the administration. That just doesn't sound good to me from a Chinese company. What do you think? Well, I think the the kind of the trend in politics these days is jump on Trump anyway, no matter what. And uh, you know, we even got a little politic politicalization out of politicizing in the in the the, the Senate hearing yesterday. And yes. you know, it, they're they're probably figuring that that uh, you know, hey, everybody else is doing it, we should be able to get away with it too. Yeah, but, you know, the thing is, is it's, uh, you know, even, I don't want to go too far down the political uh, road there, but, you know, there's one thing like when you're, you know, let's say a company in the United States and you're kind of grousing about the uh, government, you know, um, there, I think you have a little bit more wiggle room when, you know, foreign companies and people that are representing foreign companies are going after the government, you know, like Chinese companies. Uh, that's not good. But, you know, again, I'm not getting paid the big bucks to to do all of the PR for them, and the team that they've got is doing a stellar job. Um, Anyway. (laughs) But, um, I don't know. You know, hey, maybe they've got a um, plan that I just don't understand. I don't know. So, any any other uh, news catch your your attention besides the... uh, the hearing and and what's going on with uh, the DJI PR thing. Well, 
Yeah, I, I, not so much news, but I, I think everybody can see, and I'm going to make a prediction here. You know, we're, we're good at making predictions. You predicted the sub-$1,000, you know, fully autonomous drone. I'm going to – I think the pendulum is going to swing the other way, and I think we're going to see a proficiency standard come out for drone pilots. The FAA is going to be forced into it, and then I think you've already mentioned, you know, certified aircraft as well, but – I, I predict that there's going to be a pilot proficiency test in the near future. Well, they're kind of, I mean, you know, and, and even those comments that we co-wrote for, I think we co-wrote those for the uh, 107 when it came out. And uh, I think, I know at least we talked about that, but both of us felt, you know, 55 pounds, hundred miles an hour, no proficiency test. Hey, you know, little beyond my comfort level, but, uh, you know, I mean, you're the FAA, you're the experts. If that's what you want to do, go for it, you know? Yep. Um, I think it's a little, I mean, that's, that's been, you know, well, I don't want to, okay. But anyway, yes. So, <laughs> and if we're, if we're going to start getting into the uh, forecast and we might as well bring on our guest who uh, is Mr. Michael Blades, he's Frost and Sullivan. You've been on before, Michael, uh, when we did the uh, counter UAS supergroup, which I think we were from behind or in front of that one. Uh, I've noticed everybody's kind of jumping on the bandwagon, but could you please, uh, you know, give us a little bio about yourself, uh, what you do for a living, and, and, and a little history? Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me back, Patrick. It's uh, always good to talk to you and Gene. Uh, I'm very happy I got to meet Gene finally face to face at the uh, Commercial UAV Expo. Um, after talking so many times. So, uh, okay, so me, I've uh, been working for Frost & Sullivan now for about six years, uh, actually a little over six years, and I am uh, I just moved into a position called a research director, so I'm responsible for our, sort of managing all of our research for uh, the North American uh, practice on aerospace and defen- defense and security. So um, even along with that, I still have markets I have to uh, be responsible for, and one of those markets is drones and everything uh, connected to drones, and that's air, land, and sea. So I'm a busy person just in that arena, and I have other markets I have to cover too, but you don't really care about those here. Uh, before well, I do. worked for – well, I mean, the other markets besides for the uh, drone markets, training and simulation and the DOD probably don't care about. and Maybe DOD helicopters, I don't know, because they're the ones that are going to be running into the drones, right, according to everybody. Um, yeah. So. Well, and, and all of, a lot of these technologies are uh, converging. You know, um, I think that uh, simulation might be something that's uh, even in the commercial world. You know, I talked to Epson, some people from Epson yesterday with the uh, the B three hundreds, and they've come out with a new app so you can do a that's a nice product, training. right? It's a nice product. I like it. Uh, I had the two yeah. hundreds, and uh, I like the idea that you can actually, you know, do actually keep your uh, eyes on the bird. You can deconflict your airspace. Um, they're nice. It's not heavy like wearing an Oculus Rift or something. Not that I'm putting yeah, an Oculus Rift down, but you can still see through it, you know. And you don't even have to have a drone to actually try to you know, do some training on how to fly it, you know. That's that's the kind of the cool thing there. Well, I think that's going to be uh, something as we move forward. I think there's there's going to be more of that, and in training, and I think standards Absolutely. And training and things like yeah. that. But I, I'm sorry, I derailed you. Please go, go ahead. No, no. <laughs> No, just before I worked for Sullivan, I was just a military uh, Air Force pilot for 21 years flying different aircraft. So I'm somewhat familiar with airspace, global airspace. So um, I guess that's what qualifies me to come in and talk about those kinds of things. But I don't. I have a little bit of 
actual hands-on experience with drones. I figured I'd better buy one if I'm going to start forecasting markets. But um, ever since uh, ever since I've been working here, I've been responsible for forecasting the market for drones. And of course, I started in the military side because that's where all the money is being spent. And it sort of still is. It's not growing very much. And then, obviously, four or five years ago, when uh, DJI decided to launch the uh, Phantom One, and everybody went kind of nuts, uh, especially AVSI on their forecasts. Um, I had to start following these kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, so that's my responsibility now. Um, start In 2015, I put out a, a report that uh, made some forecasts, and I'm updating that right now. So it's kind of good timing. Right. Well, you know, and I mean, we're coming around to a new year. I, you know, that was another thing going right back to the uh, House panel yesterday. And uh, what, you know, what in the open of uh, Mr. Elwell there, Gene, and you probably noticed that too. I don't know if you watched it, Mike, but, uh, you know, he rolls right out with 82 billion, you know, or uh, <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, you know, there is no $82 billion here. Uh, I watched about 30 minutes had, of it, and I did like you, and um, really couldn't. I, well, first of all, I don't have the time to spend two hours listening to you know things that aren't incredibly important. And you can, and like like Gene said, I think you could tell that some of them were just not. They just did not do their homework. And at that point, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I got to get to other things that are actually going to inform me. Yeah, relevant uh, in the real world. You know, some of yeah. us are in the the real world. Um, yeah, but every time I hear that, I just like, I'm like, oh my God, you know, and then there was like, you know, the jobs forecast that, uh, that AUVSI did that was totally wrong. And they did a, uh, you know, uh, forecast of what the, 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 these jobs would pay, which was totally wrong. It, it's just, you know, and, and I'm, I mean, I don't know if you, I, I think you follow me on the Twitter and some people are like, wow, you're kind of critical. But then on the other hand, they usually come back and they go, man, you were like right on the money. How'd you, you know, how'd you know this? And it's like, well, because I've been doing this for a while and me and Gene have talked about this and I call it the regulatory wheel of suffering. But Gene, you know, you, <laughs> me and Gene will get on the phone and it's just like, dude, you know, uh, I mean, it's like a rerun, right, Gene? It is. Oh, it, it, it's like deja new all over again because we have to keep listening to the same stories. You know, we're like, wait, we already did this one time. Can we do something different? Yeah, well, that or, you know, the, the say, some of the pitfalls of the industry, you know. Uh, you probably remember in the early days you were like, oh, you know, I'm doing this and there's no competition. The competition came in. It was a race to the bottom on the price. Then you had guys, you know. Then when the policy clarification came in, everybody that had equipment and was doing this and had built up a business and all the rest of it, I mean, I, you know, overnight I lost, you know, my whole investment. Gone. Yeah. And uh, to watch people scoff law and go out there and build market share and make money and the FAA not enforcing their policy. And I got to tell you right now, I mean, the, the, the bottom line, I don't I don't you know, I was telling somebody else yesterday. It's kind of like when you go buy the box of Band-Aids, you know, and they've got the assortment pack and you get the little one for like the paper cut. That's how I see the industry and the FAA going at the issues your registration dismal failure it did not work sightings were up your education no before you fly you preach to the choir did not work you know uh geofencing that's a total joke it does not work we've seen it 
you know, every, every prison you go into or football stadium or whatever. And then, you know, you come back and, and uh, I talked to DJI about this and I told him it kind of appears like you're double dipping. And, it, you, and I want some feedback if you guys don't mind on this. But my thing is, is okay, so your geofencing was going to be the solution for yahoos and road drones. Didn't work, so now you're coming out with a new system to, you know, let's say augment the system that doesn't work in the first time. And I, and I think, personally, you got to – it looks like you're double dipping. You should probably pick one or the other. Anybody care to comment on that? Mike, are you talking about Aeroscope? I'm talking about yeah the 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 uh, well I'm talking about aeroscope but I'm also talking about the geofencing, the tinfoil, the rubber bands, the, the, how right. it doesn't work. These solutions that are supposed to be the holy grail that don't work. I mean, how do you, what do you they think? do? They they Go work, ahead. but at the most inopportune times, like when you're in a disaster area and you're <laughs> when G's trying to use them. <laughs> Well, don't you just, you know, by now, don't you have, like, you know, a piece of uh, beer can on there with some duct tape? Or, you know, you're not <laughs> you're, you're not doing that. Or no, at least not no, fast we, we enough have, to that. We have more genteel ways of uh, circumventing that system. <laughs> you just pulled it. Well, you have seen my uh, Viva Zapata Freedom Flyer sombrero for the Inspire yeah. Wood. Have you seen that picture? Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, I don't I don't think it's a, a, a good solution. Michael, what do you think? Well, if you're, if you're talking about Aeroscope, I mean, I, I've looked at what they've said about that. I mean, I'm going to side on the uh, the, the, the I'm going to side with the people who do that for a living. I mean, DJI makes drones for a living. They don't make drone tracking systems. I mean, they could they could piece something together, but. When you're talking to the counter UAS folks who do that for day in and day out to uh, to identify, track, uh, or well, well detect, identify, and track small UAS, they know they know what they're doing. And if they tell you that it doesn't work, um, it, it probably doesn't work. Well, and and you know, and here's the deal too. Okay, so as a, as a brand, and, and again, you know, people say, oh, you're beating up on DJI. I liked, I th- you know, I, I tweeted this out the other day. I said, look, if uh, the the policy, the PR, and the advocacy were on par with the DJI products, we would be sitting pretty. What happens, I think, now is, is their credibility is kind of shot through the grease. So when they come out and say, hey, this is the solution, um, I'm not taking it at face value. And so I even asked one of the reps from the company, I said, you know, have you – have you tested it? Has it been verified by a third party? And uh, kind of, you know, I think I pissed them off. Well, nobody else is verifying their stuff, but yeah, but that's the business they're in. And if their stuff doesn't work, they're not going to sell anything. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of with you, uh, Mike, on the, uh, you know, what, what business are you in uh, thing? That's kind of how I see it. And then the other deal is even with the, uh, the geofencing, uh, how come... You know, you're doing an enterprise-grade thing. Uh, you're in a situation like Gene where lives are on the line and you got to call some dude in China to get him to turn it off. I mean, that's it. From a company standpoint of view, and on the other hand, when you're talking about, oh, we're not doing, we're not collecting data, and there's there's this ChaiComs thing is insane and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, why do you even have it on your enterprise customers? You got a, you got a 107 license, right, Gene? 
Uh, I have several licenses. Which one do you want to see? Well, you got the one from the, uh, you know, the 107. I, I do. That? I have 107 and 61 and, you know, a couple, a couple other, other and You got one. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, you got a couple for the dog, whatever. But, you know, uh, with that, you had the TSA background check. You know, you know how to operate these things. You've taken the test. You've met the criteria to be a, a commercial pilot for drones, whatever. Why, why are you suffering from the geofence? It makes no sense to me. Uh, I, I still haven't been able to figure that one out. But that's me. So, I don't know. I, I think uh, we did talk about certifications coming, I think, in 2018. I think, yeah, the proficiency thing, I totally agree with that. Anybody else want to make some uh, regulatory predictions for 2018? <laughs> well... <laughs> But, you know, and, and Gene hinted at it at the beginning, and, you know, you and I have talked about this before, Patrick, I, I, and I agree with Gene. I really do think there's going to be this sort of, uh, as you said, a pendulum swing back towards um, what what is going to re- be required in order to fly in certain situations, if there are certifications and uh, are the – what I mean, it, it sort of started with this whole – a little 1.4 pound drone that can fly over people for CNN. I mean, like you said uh, when we were talking before, Patrick, that's uh, questionable whether something like that can provide a you know broadcast quality video. Maybe it can, maybe it can't. I don't know. But in the future, it's going to be something else that's doing that kind of thing, flying over people. And, and if you're doing that, you're going to have to have some sort of measure of security required. So there's going to, just like regular aircraft, there's going to have to be. Uh, Redundancies. There's going to have to be uh, added measures of safety. I mean, this whole frangible drone from uh, Amazon idea that I saw the other day was, to me, was just talk about. You want to say something is insane? That seems insane to me. Instead of just having one thing fall down, let's have multiple things fall down on somebody. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Parachute, okay, I can see that, but I think it's mostly based on redundancies. I mean, aircraft don't have well, for the most part, don't have parachutes. They have redundant systems and people flying them so that if something goes wrong, there's a backup. And those things are going to, I think we're going to see a sort of a movement towards towards that. I think we're going to see, uh, well, you're talking about regulations. There's a lot of things that I see oh, coming okay. down. Oh, You can go ahead. And, I mean, you know, this is the forecast show, so just go for, you know, whatever you Well, think. I think we're going to see, you know, we saw the... Uh, the, the sort of the the bloodletting of all the companies that uh, on the small uh, inexpensive drone side that had the layoffs. I think we're going to see a similar thing with um, maybe more high end drone makers because the money's running out there too. Um, I have seen a trend of and, and we've also talked about this before the uh, um, well I call them transitional but other people call them tr- uh, hybrid drones where you have the, vault, the the vertical takeoff and the the fixed wing capabilities. There's been I've listed it. I think 10 or 11 different companies that have debuted a new platform this year. Debuted. I mean, it's it's to, to me it's nuts, and they range anywhere from you know 5,000 up to tens of thousands of dollars. And I know they're all going for a, a a niche market, and they're all trying to get that in that market where DJI doesn't play right now. And once that money, from, you know, the VCs are funding them. Once that money dries up, they're going to dry up, and so are some of the higher end. You know, there, there, there's way way more platforms out there than the market can support. And, you know, I think my my predictions for, for the uh from through twenty twenty two you have all these grandiose predictions. Mine mine looks at both revenue and, and, and uh platform sales or unit sales and so revenue I have I don't have going up 
a lot at all over those five or six years. I have sort of, it's not quite flat, but it's less than 10%. And then I have the actual unit sales, you know, in the double digits, but they're very small double digits. And I, and I think that goes back again to what Gene said earlier about you um, predicting the uh, the sub-1,000 fully automated drone. That's exactly what happened. It's still happening. It's a race to the bottom. How much uh, capability can we get on the, the least expensive platform? Because in the end, again, where's the money being made? It's being made with value-added services. It's it's all those companies that are they're they're providing value-added services, and if you can do that with an inexpensive platform, you know, you're going to do that with an expensive platform. Well, and it's kind of you know it's funny you say that because I've been saying that I mean since the beginning you know the the two the benefits of of uh, the drone for me, and this is since I got into this thing, has been. Um, self-guided data collection and the idea that uh, drones augment already existing businesses. And I've been saying that for over a decade. So, you know, I've I've heard people proselytize and farm drones and, and, you know, all this other uh, family show hyperbole. That's it. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm like, uh, you know, that's just not really where it's at. The drone, I, and I still, I deal with it all the time with people I know. Well, God, you've been into this drone thing forever, and these drones are magical. They can do everything. You know, it's like, they're not magical. They can't do everything. But, you know, if you're a map maker, and you do stuff for manned aircraft, and you do stuff on the ground, and then, hey, I've, I've got this new tool, this new $2,000 tool that I can go out and, uh, you know, do some work with it. It's going to save me some stuff. Or even in farming, you know, I could see the fertilizer salesman getting the drone and using that to show a farmer, hey, you need fertilizer here or whatever. The idea that I'm going to be Jimmy and I'm going to jump off my pool route and get on the drone route, not happening, you know. So there, there's a few things there um, that I just I don't think are going to happen. And as the pendulum swings back, and this is another thing I've said with the drone thing, all of the numbers and forecasts will probably be regulatory dependent because the more regulation you put on anything uh, is makes the, the costs go up to operate and also the barriers to entry. So, you know, we'll have to see what comes back on that and what the certification looks like. But, uh, Mike, you're, you're right on the money. I mean, the business thing, and we've always said this too, you know, it's a liability game. Now, that thing that CNN got, I mean, it's, you know, flight jackets aside – you know, um, I don't think that that thing is going to fly in much wind at all. So it's not really usable. <laughs> now, if I need something that I'm going to use, I mean, you're, you're right on the money. And, and you're going to have to be certified enough so that when you go in there and somebody gets hit with it, same deal with Amazon. I mean, we could do a whole show on the problems of Amazon, but I don't want to give away the, uh, the store. But, you know, like you said, okay, so say you're at the, uh, you know, you're at whatever and you're walking down the street, it's lunchtime, financial district, and an Amazon drone goes frangible and goes to pieces and falls down on the, rains down on the crowd. You know, if anybody so much as drops, a, you know, like a drop of blood is shed, you know, you will have people uh, hiring slip and fall shysters suing Amazon for millions of dollars, you know. And, well, and that's who's going to make the out. money. You know, no, it, no matter how you look at this drone market, the people who are going to make the money are the people who insure the drones, the people who who, who come in and 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 uh, are the lawyers who are, you know, 
uh, trying to get money exactly what, from what you said from the companies that are supposedly liable for these things. So, yeah, so I've always said the people who are going to benefit the most from the drone market are lawyers and insurers. They usually well, seem to clean up everywhere. You, you got to figure, though. I mean, the the dollars are there, just they didn't say who was going to get them. <laughs> That's right. Maybe those are the jobs that AVS I was talking about. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Maybe. Well, I mean, it's funny, though, because it's a kind, of, kind of ironic, but... Yeah. Now the other thing I wanted to talk about, and we're going to run long, but that's okay. These always run a little bit long. And for the listeners at home, if you have other things to do, just you know, put it on pause, and you can listen to it later. But uh, I want to talk about this this uh, pilot program that everyone's like, oh, you know, oh God, it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to learn so much, and uh, you know, and I think I'm going to go to Gene on this one first. Hey, Gene. You know, let's talk about uh, the ghost of Christmas past and and this drone pilot program thing. What do you think? Well, you know, I was involved early on with uh, the the center here and and tried to get involved with them very early and and even help and contribute. Um, and and it was an education for me. And even though that they are, you know, a not prof not for profit sort of organization, they can recoup and recover costs. Um, and we discovered that we, we had to, every time we flew out there, there was a control room that had 10 people in it that uh, they recovered cost on. Uh, 10 people for the flight of a four and a half pound piece of foam for 30 minutes. Wow, those numbers didn't work out so good for us. And, you know, here we go. And, and one of the things that I've got to say about the guy that, that was talking yesterday. They, the, the FAA says they need data, right? And, and the data thing was what they were supposed to be getting out of the, the, the flight excellence centers. And, um, you know, instead of giving this thing out to six more, he said we should be giving it out to 100 or 200 or 1,000 more so we can get all these data points and it doesn't take us 102 years. And I, I totally agree with them, I, and I just don't think that uh, the, the pilot program is going to move us forward. Because if you look at it now, we're looking at four years. Four yeah, years. well, I'm, I'm past retirement age after that. You know, come on, give me a break. I want to do something now. Well, okay, so you know, for to educate some of the listeners that may be newer to this, a lot of people, you know, this is another one that cracks me up. Oh, you know, early adopter of drones was like a year and a half ago, you know. Okay. And I must be like, you know, Neanderthal cave guy adopter of uh, of drones. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the test center thing, I remember when that language was put into the uh, reauthorization, the 2012. And, you know, uh, AVSI had a free hand in that. They were, you know, put whatever you want in there, the language. And I saw it before I went in there. I go, dude, you know, I, there's no money. You know, no it, it, test center thing, no worky with no money. It is not happening. And then so that's what ha hamstrung the test centers. But so everything we're talking about now about doing with the pilot, drone pilot program should have already been done with the test center. And this data thing, you know, anybody that buys that, or is still falling for that ruse, I feel sorry for you. Because remember, Gene, remember it about, you know, after we got out of the ark, 
I was following FAA personnel around the world. And every time they would get up somewhere and talk about what they were doing and how it was happening and yada, yada. And, you know, if we just had some data, I would get up usually and ask, all right, you know, so have you thought about the data you need? Well, no. Have you come up with a data collection matrix? Well, no. You got any, you know, anything scribbled down on the back of a napkin on, on what you need to collect? Well, no. Do you have any inclination about which kind of data you want to collect? Well, not really. Okay. Hmm. That doesn't sound good. Well, you know, and then usually you'd get the uh, revolving chair or, uh, you know, thing where it would be like, well, I just got here, you know, and I've only been here six months and my feet are under the desk and I got to take another year to come up to speed and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And here we are well, facing 2018. And, and I think if you'll recall, Patrick, back in the early days when they said that, I was in one of the first meetings as well where they, they told us to get that data. And I was a, you know, a, a, a software developer at the time, you know, and I was just blowing and going with, uh, you know, Bill Gates' stuff. And uh, I put together a, a software package that was uh, kind of interesting for the time because it was a flight logbook. Do you recall that? That we yep, were giving away? I certainly do. Yes, I do. And uh, we do. would allow a pilot to anonymously report to a website all their flight, their, their outcomes, their, you know, the same thing that we have to report now as a COA, under a COA as a drone operator. We, were, we did that and soft, wrote the software 12 years ago. Right. So that, that's and, and why I said that, that data was that they told us that that data couldn't be validated. So it wasn't usable. Right. But, you know, there were other uh, avenues I suggested, too, is that we use CAATA survey, which is a survey they send out to uh, licensed pilots to talk about takeoffs and landings. And really, the criteria for that, it might have been tightened up a little bit because I really had a field to that one. You need your logbook. You know, it's just you estimate you, how many hours you flew, takeoffs and landings and all the rest of that, you know, from uh, your best recollection, you know. And then they would also use the gas sales and, you know, whatever, and such and such plane flies and burns such and such hundred low lead gas and blah, blah, blah. And then try and figure out the hours. And then later on down the road, the whole thing blew up into a total embarrassment. I think you, you might remember that where they, like, uh, 90,000 airplanes were missing yep. from the yep. from the total, the registration. Nobody knew where they were. And then it. Then they, oh, no, we estimated the numbers, and people weren't registering their aircraft. And that was another deal the data that they said they can't collect data because you can't collect data from operations that were outside of the law. But on the other hand, you had 90,000 aircraft that weren't, like, currently registered, or they couldn't get in touch with the owners. So that blew the whole GAATA survey and the safety of the 10 minus 7. And it turned into a total debacle. And this is this goes back to what I was saying earlier, you know, with the FAA. If you really want to stop like the rogue droners and all of that, and we and remember, this was I, I believe you were banging the drum back in 2005. The regulations have to be something that you can enforce. If you don't have regulations you can't enforce, then you might as well not even write them down because it's going to be a waste of time. 
And here we are, 2018. With, with the same problems. Exactly. I, I don't know, you know, uh, Mike. What do you say? I mean, you're you're a pilot. You still are you a GA pilot? You still flying around or what? No, I haven't. I haven't flown since I well, actually I haven't flown in like ten years, unfortunately. And because of the last portion of my time in the Air Force, I was at a desk job, which really sucked. But that's what you got to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you know, obviously, <clears throat> I still have opinions. I mean. Uh, with regards to, I agree with you. You obviously can't. Uh, you, you you can't. If you can't enforce it, there's not a whole lot of point in it. It's interesting what uh, what UAE is doing, though. I mean, they they're they're making people register at the point of sale, um, which I said it. But when they first even started registration, if you don't make people register at point of sale, then there's no guarantee that you're going to have people registering anything. So the people who were going to act in bad faith weren't going to register anyhow. So. That, I think that's kind of why that bit the dust. But um, I mean, there are ways to do this. It's just a matter of you know how we do it uh, without w- with inputs from from the community rather than with inputs from the people who want to make money off of it. Well, you know, here there you go. Well, and then there, we do have another uh, factor in there, and one of the factor on the registration uh, task force. You know, you had uh, Best Buy, and you had some of the other. Uh, retailers and basically when that debacle went down they were like if it's not at the point of sale you do whatever you want to do and then right there so that just tells me just uh, you know i mean what you're saying is common sense to me look you go into the store and you buy a drone and they say okay well when you buy the drone hey you have to register with the faa most people are going to go faa what you know what are you talking about oh well you know, there's rules here to use these in the nest. But what's going to happen is, is you know, are you going to buy, it's a, you know, Billy going to get a new drone for Christmas? Or, the, you know, is the mom or dad going to go, what? I, I, register with the FAA? What You know, what are you talking about? Rules? I think you're going to uh, put the kibosh on sales. Well, I'm sure that they were worried about that, yeah. Um, but even that, even that goes back to the whole DJI thing is I – mean, Talking about the security issues and whatnot, and you, again, you and I talked about this before, Patrick. That so many, a lot of people just don't care about that, so their sales are going to get hurt. I just don't know how how badly they're hurt. A lot of people just don't understand the issues, and most most of the, most folks out there are using them for just taking videos and whatnot, anyways. Uh, so it's it's not going to be a, a, a I don't think a huge dent. Um, however, uh, growth is only going to be seen. It's not surely not going to be seen in the small UAS market, right? I mean, that's pretty much. A commoditized market. The the enterprise market is where the growth is going to be. And once you go in there, now you start talking about people who are a little bit more um, interested in security, especially when when we're talking about th- things like what Gene does. So, you know, growth might be an issue, and they'll they, they'll be able to keep their status where they're at. I think. Uh, I sort of kind of went off your off your topic there, but um, okay. on 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 the uh, on the consumer and prosumer side but once you start getting up into the areas where security matters it's going to be a deal it's going to be an issue well i mean you know uh, i i I'm, i don't i think these are like i was saying before with the band-aids that they're just delaying tactics you know obviously where we're at now with the integration effort is is you just have companies in there that want to sell product okay i mean and that's fine and that's why i've been saying like you know the private public rulemaking, you don't have end users represented. 
So people are just trying to get in there and, you know, make a situation where they could sell product and it's natural and that's what happens in a capitalist society. However, it's a race to the bottom. You keep trying this stuff and it doesn't work. Eventually, um, you know, you're either going to have a problem with the, the government or you're going to have liability issues and get, you know, fixed through tort or people are just going to stop buying your product. Now, you know, the other thing that I, I do see, which is just starting to bug me, is, uh, you know, this the data security thing. And uh, people have been trying to paint me as a conspiracy theorist, or it's ridiculous or absurd that people are this concerned with data security. But haven't we all kind of agreed that the commodity with drones is data? Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about interpri- on an enterprise side, again, it, it, the answer to everything we talk about is always it depends, especially in the in the market uh, market research area. But um, a lot of people who are taking videos of things and, and and they don't care if someone has access to that. But there there are many applications where people do not want that data getting out. So yes, I mean, data is I, I agree with you. Uh, hundred percent because really uh, what a and, and it goes back to our military experience with drones what what is what does the military call drones they call them trucks all they all they all they care about the drone That's for is to get, yeah it's to get a sensor where it needs to be um the issue after that becomes okay what information are we taking um how is it being um how is it being encrypted and and who has access to it? So yeah, after after that first part of collection, then the issue becomes security. So I agree with you. It's a, it's an issue. It's a big issue, and it's a bigger issue than it's being um, maybe given credit for. But at the same time, you still have a lot of a lot of uh, commercial uh, users who who don't care because of what they're using them for. All right, and I agree with that. You're doing real estate photos or wedding photography yeah. or unless it's for TMZ. Uh, and, and, and that's you know, the lion's share, but that's but that's going to skew. That's going to change because as it as the technology gets better, as the platforms get better, endurance gets better, that's going to skew. And uh, by the way, as business cases are being built, that's I think why we haven't seen this wide scale adoption. I mean, obviously uh, regulatory things are an issue, but 107 allows quite a lot of activity and a lot of commercial operations. Yeah, and so. After this time, where people are really figuring out is is adding a drone to my toolbox going to be something that actually gives me an ROI? That that's where we're at right now, trying to figure out. You know, oh by the way, we're also trying to make a, an ecosystem where we don't have to go one place to get a sensor, one place to get a drone, one place to get software, one place to get uh, 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 data um, processed and then presented in a, in a usable format or. In, that's actual information that you can make decisions on. Put that all together, use that in in your in your business, and then find out there's an ROI. There's not always going to be – drone isn't the answer to everything. So as we're working this out, then you're going to see that skewed more towards the enterprise side where all these users have finally figured out, yes, the drone's going to help me be more efficient or you know save costs, be more safe, or it's not. Um, and so – I think in those in those areas, that's when your data starts be, becoming your data security become, starts becoming more of an issue because now you're talking more enterprise, you're talking more competitive um, protection of of information and uh, you know proprietary sort of data and innovations or whatever. So, well, um, it, it's, it's go ahead. 
I agree with that. And and here's another thing that I don't think people gleaned at us. But I say this, it's like, okay, there's certain industries um, where people don't want to share their data. And it's almost, uh, it almost seems bizarre to me because people are like, well, why wouldn't I just buy a $1,000 drone, you know? I had a conversation with a gentleman that works for what, the biggest wireless carrier in uh, Australia. And I go, so you let me, let me just get this straight. Your company doesn't really care about let's say their secret sauce or the way that they do business. They're okay with that getting out? Well, no, of course not. Well, I think you answered your own question about the $1,000 drone. It's not really a bargain if you're giving away the secret sauce. And there's a lot of industries, mining, gas, uh, and, and oil exploration, uh, energy. You know, I, I mean, I can think of a lot of different things where you're not going to want to get hacked or get that oh, data yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. The other thing and, I, you know, I think – I'm sorry. I was going to say those applications are going to increase, too. Just the thing that we both commented on earlier with the, the, the school that's teaching people not just how to fly drones, but how to fly drones and specifically to conduct uh, tower inspections. Now, that's something that's marketable. That's that's a, a – and, and, again, that going back to what you were talking about, th- that may not be uh, an area where d- the data security is a big issue, but – um, there are going to be more uh, sort of training scenarios like that where people are being trained specifically to do a job with a drone to to get that, as you call it, regulatory data, where that data is going to need to be r- relatively or, you know, somewhat secure, maybe not to the, the level of military, but, you know, at least have some sort of security on it where it's not just, you know, immediately accessible to anybody who, who has a little bit of hacking experience. Exactly. Um, you know, here's another thing that I, I thought was kind of funny. So, you know, this was another thing that kind of goes back to some of the PR that DJI has been doing and they attacked Department 13 and their solutions. And they were and they, you know, highlighted that Department 13 was actually started by a, uh, an Australian mining company. And I don't know if they tried to deride them for that. But, you know, interesting uh, side note, what I read between the lines there is that a mining company was interested in counter drone technology? Kind of, kind of confirms what we were just talking about. There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about that. There's there's a lot of companies that could benefit from uh, having having the capability to know if someone's trying to to gain some uh, you know competitive intelligence by flying over their operation. Exactly. And you know, for, corporate for, espionage. Yeah, of course. For somebody espionage. who uh, invested in a in a gold mine. That was a funny story. But anyway, I invested in a gold mine, blah, blah, blah. Stock went way up, you know. I mean, mining operations, it's, you know, uh, how much, you know, material were taken out of the mine, percentages of ore, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if that gets out, I mean, you think there was a deal at De Beers where somebody, they got kind of hacked into their database or some information got out about how they just sell their diamonds, you know, no haggling in lots, blah, blah, blah. They went nuts. Whoa. You know, cause you're, you're giving away the secrets of, uh, you know, a, a business where there's lots of money. There's money in diamonds. If you guys didn't know that, um, if you ever bought jewelry for your wife, <laughs> you know, there's, there's money there, but the same with, you know, gold or, you know, and then if you get into something like you're uh, mining uranium or now, you know, with all of this uh, moving to electric cars, again, we've got converging technologies because a lot of these systems are electric. You know, everybody's talking about cobalt. Everybody's talking about lithium. 
Chinese are buying up the lithium. You know, uh, Elon Musk is talking about, you know, opening some factory in China. You know, is it to, to build cars or to get lithium or, you know, what's going on here? So as, as time goes on, I mean, you know, if you know these mines that are pulling, you know, what they're pulling out of the mines and you get uh, intelligence on that, that's worth a lot of money. Or even in the futures markets. I mean, these guys that trade on the future markets for, like, commodities and, and food and textiles and all the rest of that stuff, this, I mean, the intelligence on that could, could uh, you know, could result in, in winning uh, millions of more dollars in the futures market, which is kind of a Monte Carlo type of uh, thing. I can't, I can't seem to make any money anywhere in the stock market. I buy high and sell low. <laughs> Well, it's not just corporate espionage, espionage either. It's uh, you know, it's is that drone flying over uh, there to get data, or is it uh, flying over there to get uh, sort of? Well, there's good data and there's bad data, right? And there's, I'm going to use my data for good. I can use my data for bad. Well, in, exactly. even in both of those categories, there's grades of of data. You know, you get survey grade data from uh, you know. RTK systems and being able to post-process to that. And then there's, you know, your aerial snapshots. It is really just good for kind of looking at the aerial snapshot. Yeah, and as we go right. as we go along, it's it's cheaper and cheaper to even get that RTK. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and, and with, that, uh, with some of the technology that's out now, you don't even need the RTK. Exactly. But, you know, as we move forward on this, too, a lot of people, too, there's there. This was another thing I heard yesterday um, in that hearing committee hearing was people were like, well, you know, there are the other countries ahead of us in Europe and whatnot. Well, uh, in certain instances, I do think that the Europeans are ahead of us. And this we've been seeing in the news more and more, as you notice that these European companies, so and so company gets certified to inspect uh, tanks. So-and-so company gets certified to inspect bridges. So-and-so company, they're, they're about building the certifications. And they're about having data, again, this regulatory-grade data, which is better than commercial-grade data, because you are going to indemnify yourself against lawsuits. It's the same example, and I think I may have mentioned this even before, was the uh, here in California with the Sonoma fires. They're already looking to pin the blame on the donkey. And, uh, you know, so there's PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, is in the crosshairs. Oh, you know, even though if they followed all the laws and the regulations and, it, you know, they contributed to the fire, they could be liable, blah, blah, blah. You know, is it going to be some, some guy with his uh, selfie drone that they're going to rely on to uh, gather the data they need to make sure that they're in regulatory compliance? I don't think so. I think it's going to be somebody that knows what they're talking about, who's certified, who can you know get in the, uh, on the witness stand there and be cross-examined by a, a kennel full of uh, shyster lawyers? Am I all wet? You think I'm, I'm on to something or not? What do you guys think? Go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was going <laughs> to let you talk because you haven't been talking a whole lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. I'm going to punt it over to you, Mike. And. <laughs> So what is it that you want to know, Patrick? Well, I mean, do you think that I'm right? I mean, that you're going to have to, if you're a big company like that or a utility, that you're going to want people collecting data from you that are certified in that area and could stand up under cross-examination in the court of law? 
Oh, I think I think or, it's going to be. Know, it. it's, Go ahead, or what? Well, or do you think it's going to be just some guy with a selfie drowns? No, no. I mean, I, well, I, I, I think that, and I, I hated to do, I hated to be the person to to break the bad news, but I, I, I've had people come up to me and say, look, I have this drone company, and we take pictures for people, and we do this and we do that, and I'm like, unless you have some sort of subject matter expertise in an area, you're not going to be needed. I, I think that you're. It, it, the companies are going to want someone who is not only certified uh, in legal as a pilot or regular pilot or drone pilot, but also someone who's certified in what they're doing. So, um, you know, so you have a less exposure to that liability. And, of course, that's also going to drive how much you pay for insurance, too. Well, exactly. Um, and the thing is, is really like anything like that in a regulatory sense, you know, you're gonna, you need to be an expert. You need to be an SME. And I think that's one of the problems that we even have in the integration thing is uh, most of these people that show up and can afford to, to go to these committee meetings and whatever, they don't know anything about drones. They've never run a company. They've never fielded systems, you know. Uh, the other thing is, is no, a lot of people believe in their, in their minds that they're, they're an expert. I mean, I, I, I tell this story all the time. I, you know, the guy from Cal OES called me up, and he's like, hey, you know, uh, I hear you're an expert, a drone expert. And I go, well, you know, it depends. What do you want to do? Well, you know, disaster <laughs> relief. Nope, I'm not a drone expert there. And the guy even says, he's like, you were the first person that I talked to who, who said that they weren't a drone expert at, like, disaster relief and search and rescue. I said, well, you know, when people's lives are on the line, I, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. And then I usually go, you need to talk to Gene Robinson. But, uh, you know, I, it's it's one of those things. We we need to, uh, I think the uh, the rising tide needs to lift all boats. And the barrier to entry has got to be more than a thousand bucks at uh, Best Buy or whatever else. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens well, as we move forward. But go, Gene. Yeah, well, I, I, I can get back now on, you know, I, I didn't really have as much to say on the corporate side as I do on the public safety side, and, and that's why I'm you know, really kind of fumbling there trying to figure out what to say on the corporate side, but uh, your, Mike is absolutely on target when he says that you need to have that specialized knowledge, and that's what we are trying to do in public safety because we are, we are constantly cross-examined on how data is, is captured uh, and how it's processed, and who has control of it every single time. So we have to maintain that standard, whereas, you know, corporate doesn't necessarily have to. It's better for their, their own self-preservation. But, I mean, well, it, it comes down to a, a legal case for us every time. Well, and I've said that about the Chicom deal, too. You know, it's like, I mean, it's not – we're going to – one day, you know, there's going to be a law enforcement – let's say, user, and there's going to be a case, and somebody's lawyer is going to ask the question, well, geez, you know, I read all these news stories about how this data wasn't secure. Is there a chance that this data, this uh, evidence could have been tampered with? Well, you know, we can't really say for sure. Boom, you're out, right. you know. So uh, we need to think about all of that moving forward. And I tell people, too, I give them advice. If you're in the, the business, and you have a website up, you should probably have, uh, you know, a data, let's say, chain disclaimer. 
you know, hey, this is what we do to make sure our data is secure, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're not responsible for third-party vendors, blah, blah, blah. I just think that's the way to go on that. But anyway, um, we're going to probably wrap it up here because we're almost uh, we're almost in an hour. It happens quick. But, uh, Mike, maybe a website where people could see or uh, look at your, your work or um, – yeah, that's a that's that's a funny one because our website's got so much information on it from a company stamp standpoint. Um probably easiest if you wanna ask me something just to um send me a note on Twitter. it's at Mike S Blades Twitter or you can email me Michael.blades at frost dot com and uh I can give you links to any kind of reports that I've written or that are Aerospace Defense and Securities team has written, uh, rather than you having to search through the thousands of reports that are on the database in there. So, appreciate you uh, right. get that out there. Thanks. No, uh, you know people need to be able to find some good information. And the other one I want to do too, we 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 talk about, uh, or you know, this was funny as I was like, oh, I want to do a holiday show podcast, you know, talk about some new stuff going on, and somebody actually tweeted back, hey, why don't you get uh, Gene Robinson on? And I was like, you know, Gene's been the co-host for like five years. (laughs) But, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting this Gene Robinson guy uh, on the show because he's a good guy. Mike, you finally got to meet Gene. I've known Gene a long time. He's a salt-of-the-earth guy. Um, And, you know, so you're you're almost out of that $100 bill you gave me, Gene, to say nice things about you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What about the, the... the website where you're where you're doing your work drone pilot all of our yeah all of our stuff uh you know the training that we're doing the standardized training by the way which is something that Yay. you know is, is predicted uh is at www.dronepilot imagine that dot io not com dot io io stands for intelligent wow. organization well you're uh you guys are doing the good stuff. And I, you know, I did, uh, I did do the one, actually I was, I, I ran across that this morning when I did the, I, uh, did your stuff at the consumers river fire department, uh, you know, drone thing. And I, and I, uh, presented right. your material, which I thought was very thorough, um, you know, to beat the drum one more time. I really, it really just, man, it gets my goat, grinds my gears, steams my clams, when people are saying, oh, we're training law enforcement. Well, who's your law enforcement drone expert? Well, we don't have one, but, you know, <laughs> you don't really need that. Man, I just, you know, I want to blow my <laughs> stack, you know, because uh, you're giving people a false sense of security, you know, yada, yada. Just, I don't know, really bugs me. But anyway, let's let's leave it on an up note. Okay, so on the up note, before we close the show, we'll give it to, uh, we're going to throw it over to Michael here. On your good prediction for 2018. Oh well, I mean the good predictions. I, I think uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot more adoption. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, work done towards where uh, where where companies, especially the drone services companies, can offer or finding ways where they're actually uh, getting a return on investment because they're finally figuring out that. You know, if we if we offer an end-to-end solution, we can pro- we can uh, provide folks with some uh, some some you know measurable ROI by using drones. And and again, I don't I don't think the drones in a lot of areas are going to uh, 
supplant current operations, but they're going to enhance current operations as, as a tool. Some will, but most will just uh, they'll be tools. I think that's what we're going to see. I think that's what we're going to see a lot of growth in, in using drones for uh, uh, enhancing current operations, and we've seen a lot of that in the mines, like you talked about, which construction. That's going to grow. That's going to keep growing. We're going to keep learning. Uh, things are going to get cheaper, uh, especially on the uh, – uh, the subsystem side, the uh, sensor side, because the, the drones I don't think can get a whole lot cheaper, but the actual right. things that go on them are going to. There's a lot of competition out there for uh, subs, uh, the sensors and the, and the software uh, offerings and whatnot. So, uh, I mean, obviously that's all going to cause quite a bit of um, consolidation and probably some companies going by the wayside. But the actual ecosystem itself I expect to grow pretty, pretty I don't want to say significantly, but notably. Okay, well, that's a good one. Gene, I think more people are going to get found. What, what do you think for? I, You know, I think so, and I've always predicted, and, and along the lines, I'll kind of keep going with what Mike said on the payloads. The, the drones are going to get smaller and more efficient, I think, because people are concerned about that whole kinetic impact thing, and, and they'll get better at it. But more importantly, and, and I say this, I think that there's going to be a sensor that will be able to detect a person, and I always use this because I'm kind of a tr- Star Trek fan anyway, it's going to be like the tricorder, right? You're going to be able to go, wee, 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 and hey, you know, there's three life forms out there, and one of them is human, and two of them are deer, and you're going to be able to figure that out. And I, I, uh, I honestly believe that that's going to happen. And I was thinking one of them at least was going to be a Klingon, but, you know, all right. You got me, <laughs> you got me with that one. No, I think that's good, and I definitely do. I, I think that uh, the, the positive thing for 2018 for me is I think that we have crossed a threshold where almost kind of the, the startup-iness of the drone industry is kind of, it's over. And I think now we're going to be moving into, uh, a, a, let's say, a, a more realistic business climate. Hype's going to exactly. die down. I think people have, you know, they've oversold it. I think there's a little bit of a letdown. I will say I, I do see some parallels of like the dot-com thing, you know, when the Internet was going to create all these new jobs and there was computer shops on every corner and, you know, web guys and all the rest of that. And then there was consolidation. I think we're going to see some of that here um, as we move forward. But I think that the quality of the data is going to be better. And that's really at the uh, – that's the crux of the biscuit as Mr. Zappa would say, right, Gene? That is it. So, yeah, I think that's that's a totally good thing because uh, the better the data, the better it is for all of us to know about our world and, you know, how to be better stewards of it. So I think it's a good thing. And that's all our time for today, uh, boys and girls. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, I'd like to thank you for being on. Um, again, Thanks you know, for we'll be on the lookout. You know, we'll be on the lookout for uh, your work here in the future. Gene, you know, as always, it's always uh, enlightening and entertaining to speak with you, sir. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll be talking soon. All right. Sounds good. And you guys, uh, if we make it to to Christmas, have a happy Christmas holiday. And uh, (laughs) otherwise, keep the stick back and the nose out of the alfalfa. <laughs> you guys do the same, thanks.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.